time for the Crime Report. Ladies and gentlemen, sponsored by the Crime Stoppers Suffolk, 1 800 220 Through all calls, kept confidential. Also, monetary rewards sometimes issued for info that will lead to an arrest in a particular case. Joe Jacklin, retired NYPD sergeant, former commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad, is current adjunct professor at John Jay College, author of the Criminal Investigative Function, a guy for new investigators. Fourth edition, soon to be five. Joe, a highly decorated member in the day of the NYPD, including the most notable Department of Medal of Valor. He's a best-selling author, the Cold Case Handbook. It's a must-read. And also host of the hit show regarding the Gilgo Beach serial killings uh, on YouTube. We'll get into all of that with the Sarge. We welcome him, sir. A lot going on. How are you? Good morning, Jay. Yes, a lot of stuff happened. Man, I'll tell you, what a week, right, Joe? What a week, and uh, you got an intensive uh, manhunt uh, still on the way, hard to believe, in uh, Wednesday night shooting rampage that have left at least 18 dead, 13 injured in Lewiston, Maine. And, you know, the deadliest mass shooting in the, in the country this year, Joe. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's, that's a tough neck of the woods. Uh, a friend of mine called in, lives up there, the density and everything else, trying to find this 40-year-old suspect, uh, Robert Card, and the beat goes on. I thought they might have had him last night uh, with uh, uh, all of the, uh, a lot of units uh, in and around a family member's home. They thought Card might be hiding out there, not the case. Had the search warrants issued, the lights were up in the perimeter of the house, not the case at all, Joe. What are you seeing here? Yeah, before I went to bed last night, I was checking on the news and I was watching the developments around the house and the FBI and everybody else. They were, you know, saying, come out with your hands up and they were doing all that stuff. So I, I figured I went to bed last night figuring that, you know, confident that they had him. But when I woke up this morning before, you know, getting prepared for the show, I, I was looking through all the news and I couldn't believe that um, he's still on loose. And yeah, the, the woods now going to play a, a big role in this, I guess, you know, um, they're they're going to have to bring in a lot more people in order to cover. If you look at the map of the location where he where they was like last seen, so to speak, uh, the, the 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 density of the woods there is is unbelievable. Yeah, no question, no question. Um, and that's what they're up against right now. Where is this guy? That is the key. You know, he's got the the background as a member of the U.S. Army Reserve, Sarge. Uh, it's going to certainly make the effort to locate him both challenging and uh, dangerous. And in fact, one of the colleagues, one of his colleagues in the army, uh, described him as a skilled marksman, uh, maybe among the best shooters in their reserve unit. There, uh, so it's it's all about uh, you know being vigilant, uh, telling where they're telling residents to stay inside, still a shelter in place in that area, and of course report any suspicious activity. Uh, to authorities, that's got to be beyond rough right there. But uh, all in all, I tell you, there's so many questions here. You know, an individual who had uh, reported mental health issues uh, in a uh, in a hospital for two weeks uh, in July. You know, Joe, there's red flag laws, there's yellow flag laws, which is up there in the state of Maine, uh, which goes right uh, to authorities as far as if there's uh, any goings on regarding weaponry and an individual of this ilk. But, uh, you know, this is another example of slipping through the cracks here. 
Yeah, Jay, and how many times are we going to talk about this, right, where, you know, that the person was, quote-unquote, on the radar, and, um, you know, they had this uh, individual, in, for lack of a better adjective, in custody, right, because that's really what it's called. You know, police take you to be evaluated. I mean, you're in custody at that point. And now we, you know, now we have to go back and find out what transpired there. What did the doctor say? What did, why was he released? And what, what was the, um, what was he like when he got home? And did, did he have access to guns back then? And if he did, why weren't they confiscated then? All right. This, these are all the questions now that are going to be moving forward. But right now they got to find this guy because this is a very tense situation out there. He's already killed 18 people and it means he's willing to kill more and more so they they need to find him and they need to find him now you know you get so much back and forth uh from our officials about banning this and we gotta we gotta clamp down on the background checks and and whatnot and and listen that's obvious stuff some of it is some of it's not obviously more so than ever i feel that an individual needs to protect himself, who is a responsible individual against uh, people like Robert Codd. But in essence, if we don't fix the system as far as what makes people do this type of stuff from a mental health standpoint, we don't have anything. I mean, we, we are completely oblivious, I think, to what's going on here. And when you have signs, when you have signals that are out there, that we just spoke about regarding flag laws and slipping through the cracks and people that need to be responsible, family members, see something, say something. You know, how does an individual of this nature uh, go on this type of rampage? You know, if we don't somehow fix that aspect of society, uh, we'll never get better, Joe. We'll never get better. It's not about legislation, for crying out loud. It's about a breakdown in the system regarding our own fellow human beings from a mental standpoint. Well, absolutely, right? So when you have the individual already who's already been uh, taken into custody, you know that's the time where the investigation stuff. Does he have registered guns? Does there guns in the house? Those guns then have to be removed. If somebody has a mental uh, breakdown and they're in the hospital, and they need to be evaluated. The guns have to be taken right then and there. And then it'll be up to the psychiatrist or whomever is in charge there, whatever, that if this person is um, capable of, of possessing these guns after the fact. Or let the let this individual take it up in court or, or in, in family court or whatever you want to do with it. But, you know, we need to. there's certain things that we need to know because how many times have we already heard on these mass shooting incidents that the person was already on the radar they are already contact with the police or fbi and you know there were those are the opportunities where the guns can then be can be taken until the evaluation proves otherwise now if that is what happened great and then he got himself a gun afterwards there's another problem right so this thing keeps on snowballing and we need to find these answers out because if we don't like you said jay we're going to keep on talking about this stuff and it's like all we're doing is just uh filling in the blanks, right? You have a script already written, and we just fill in the blanks with the names and the incidents that have already happened before this incident. And, it, and after a while, it just kind of, it, it just makes you nuts. It's the same old movie over and over again. And that's what it is. It's just different characters trading out places here. Uh, you know, we got to be smarter. We're, we're, we are the United States, okay? 
and we still have not tackled this problem. We haven't. And I understand we'll hear all the numbers, you know, the 500-plus mass shootings and everything else. I understand that. But the heart of the very problem is an individual like this who gets to go about his business after being evaluated for two weeks under observation for mental illness, hearing voices, and everything else. There are laws in place. If we do not attack this problem, then we are in the same boat all over again, and we wait until the next one. And after that, the next one. I mean, it's just it's it's unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. And I don't want to hear Joe Biden come out and say, you know what, we got to ban assault weapons, blah, 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 blah. Come on. The root of the problem, the root of the problem is behind the scenes, okay? Behind the scenes. And if people would do their jobs properly, we could attack this the right way, okay? We could attack it the right way. I mean, it's 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 not an attack on the Second Amendment and everything else. That's not the core of this problem, folks. There is a lot of mental illness in this country. Joe, you know, you think back. I was thinking about this last night. This has only been prevalent in the last 25 years. You know, I go back to the days of Columbine, the school shooting that really kind of started this run here. Back in, what, 1999? We didn't have a lot of problems prior to that. But this has escalated, folks, escalated over the last 24 years. Hard to believe. In April, that would be 24 years. And we still have not attacked this problem. Look what has transpired, Sarge, over 24 years. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and you know, the, think about this. All the experience I've had with taking people who had uh, were having under mental distress, we'll just call it that, right? Uh, under mental distress, taking them to the hospital, I I don't think I've ever heard of somebody being held for two weeks. I mean, usually either, sometimes it's even 24 hours, 48 hours, or a couple of days. But two weeks is a long time for an evaluation. And, you know, that, to me, that is something where it, it needs to be done. And like you said, this isn't, I, I know there's people out there going to twist this and say that, you, you know, you, you and I are talking about, you know, taking guns away. In specific situations where you have somebody who is already under mental distress, I can't hear an argument that would say that this person still should be in the possession of firearms. I'm sorry, I can't hear that 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 argument. It's just it's just not common sense. And unfortunately, we have now a number of these mass shootings where the individual was on the radar because of some mental distress issue, and that that something broke down either they had the guns and they didn't take them or they after this event they were able to still purchase guns and stuff like that so it's just it's it's at the core of the problem and we are not addressing it and this area has more density than the state of alaska uh joe you now listen you're as experienced as anyone in this business uh, do they find this guy alive in your estimation? Is he in the area? Did he head elsewhere? You know, you got a boat basin, a missing boat. You got the Coast Guard involved. I mean, he could be anywhere. He could be across state lines. For all we know, he could be north of the border in Nova Scotia, for crying out loud. I mean, in your, in your best guess right now, where do you think Robert Cart is? I, I don't. From. From you know previous shootings, we've seen, we've seen that either end at the scene, they wait around waiting for the police to show up, kind of thing. This guy specifically left the area. He is a military trained guy. 
I, I don't think that he is in the immediate area. I, I still think he's in the state of Maine. Uh, but, um, you know, he, he's he's a highly trained guy. The thing with the boat could be a red herring, right? I mean, there could be a lot of different things going on where, you know, he's pointing the police in one direction and he's going somewhere else. I mean, if it was... If you could survive in those woods and wait it out, I mean, you can you can you can do that a long time. Look at the Atlanta Olympic bomber, right? Exactly, five years, right? The the, the, yeah, Eric Robert Rudolph, right? Mm -hmm. So, and he hung out in in the woods in the mountains up there, and that's exactly what you're dealing with up there. A hundred percent. This could go on a long, long time, as Joe said. A very experienced guy. This guy caught us. Uh, knows the landscape, the density, and everything else. You know, a, a marksman, a hunter. Knows how to evade in the reserves. You know, one of the best marksmen in the unit, according to some of his colleagues out over there. Uh, this is not going to be an easy take. And you know, the one thing, the one thing that you want to avoid. If you are part of the, the enforcement team, is for this guy not to go on another rampage in another area. That's what you do not want to see. He's got, uh, you know, I guess the, the the only thing I'll say this, uh, Joe, in summation, we don't know what kind of uh, uh, artillery he might have left, you know, magazines, whatever. You know, how much does he actually have in his arsenal at this point? Nobody really knows, and that's the big factor right now. Well, yes, but I, I think that if he's on foot or going through the woods, I think he's going to be traveling light. I think that's something that he learned too in the military, right? If you're if you're on the run or you're you're trying to avoid the enemy, bogging yourself down with carrying lots of stuff like bags, uh, duffel bags full of guns and stuff like that is probably not the way to go. But yeah. I'm sure he's got I'm sure he's got plenty of clips on him uh, that he can carry either in a in a vest or in a, in a knapsack kind of thing, something like that. But I would. You know, listen, any this guy is dangerous. He, we know he's good with this gun, and we know he's highly trained. And they have to be very careful. I mean, no. this is where the argument. You know, you, you remember the all the activists are saying, "Oh, the militarization of the police and the you know the cop warrior mentality." Right? Who, who, who else is going to be hunting this guy down? Right? I mean, who else is going to be hunting this guy down? You want to send these cops out there without it, the proper equipment against this guy? I mean, come on. Yeah, no question. The Sarge with us, the crime report. All right, Joe, with that, uh, Ed Caban, the commissioner of the department, uh, has deployed, uh, what, 900 officers, I was reading? Uh, you know, Lewiston, Maine is not that far from New York City, maybe five, six hours of driving time there. But nonetheless, uh, what kind of move was that as far as uh, that was concerned in your estimation? Well, I think it's it, it, listen. New York City always has to be concerned about anything that really kind of happens elsewhere. But I still think that they're dealing with the potential of hate crimes in between, um, you know, what's going on in Israel and stuff like that. And I think that they're they're doubling up those efforts too. So it's kind of like a two for one in New York City. I don't know for sure. Just my guess. But uh, we've seen a number of attacks on Jewish people already <clears throat> in New York City. And I and I think that um, maybe the intel is telling them that there's other stuff going on. I mean, listen, there was a huge demonstration, a pro-Palestinian demonstration last night in New York City too. So, it's just a it's good to be prudent in in anything you do. And and if you want to call it, well, you know, because of this guy up in Maine, well, that's fine. I just think that they're trying to tamp down the um, fear that's going on in New York City right now in regards to what's happening overseas. No question about it. Uh, the Sarge with us, the Crime Report, a couple of minutes. Uh, Joe, one or two others, um, where you have more testimony in the Anastasio Sakos 
uh, trial, a medical examiner testified. I mean, the injuries uh, that the detective suffered uh, on the uh, LIE he was directing traffic from another accident when Jessica Bavay, uh rammed into him, uh, driving drunk. Uh, the the injuries were just catastrophic uh, to him, and that's what this this doctor testified. He works for the New York City Office of Chief Medical Examiner. Uh, who did perform the autopsy on Sarko's just devastating type of injuries. And it just kind of shows you the reckless nature of the car that hit him, driven by the 34-year-old Jessica Bavay, Sarge. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm, we're not even going to repeat the injuries, but the, um, you know, and unfortunately, I was, you know, looking at the paper this morning, and they they actually described all of these injuries in the paper, uh, you know, I, if, if the families out there listening, you know, don't read the paper because it's, it's yeah. absolutely devastating. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, yeah, it's it's an it's an awful report. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's an awful report. I think this will go very quickly uh, as far as this trial. I can't see it going another week. That's for sure. Uh, but all in all, uh, just a very very uh, tough thing. Uh, to uh, relive as far as the family members of Anastasia Sarkos uh, is concerned. Uh, the Sarge with us. Sarge, I know you've been on a tour, the crime con and everything else uh, up in Indiana. Up in Indiana. Uh, you've been speaking, various engagements, the cold case handbook. You're doing the uh, serial killing situation regarding Gilgo on YouTube. Uh and I know there was a little bit of news regarding Rex Yerman. The guy wants his guns back. I mean, come, unbelievable. But uh, uh, all in all, the beat goes on. Give me a sense as far as Gilgo is concerned. Yeah, I think, you know, this whole thing about the bringing up the guns thing again, and that's what happened in Maine yesterday uh, or the other night, I think it's probably just bad timing for them. I don't see them getting the guns back until the handguns are all checked in regards to ballistics. And that that's the case they have to send these to nassau so it's going to take even longer um we, we there are there are plenty you know when you listen to um the commissioner speak and you listen to you know in john ray's presser and this and that and and there are other people out there who have lists of people that could be potential victims of lisk and when you look at those there were a couple where a gun was used, right? And even if you look at the, the affidavit that John Ray took uh, from the taxi cab driver, there's a gun involved, right? So the issue that comes down to is until all of those things are corroborated or dispelled, I don't think anybody's getting any guns back. It's as simple as that. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point, especially what Ray came out with. John Ray came out with regarding the affidavits and you know, witnesses, people coming out of that home and everything else. So you're 100% correct, uh, you would think, on that. Uh, so uh, give us a sense uh, where people can view uh, your great work uh, as far as the channel is concerned. Yeah, so it's just YouTube.com at my name, Joseph Jackalone, G-I-A-C-A-L-O-N-E. Um, you know, John Ray's coming back on tonight. So we're going to discuss uh, with uh, John about, you know, his presser last week, and we're going to break it down, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask him some questions about that because there was a couple of things, like, for instance, Jake, he mentioned in his presser that he took a deposition from Joe Brewer. Now, that kind of, like, I was after the, I, I caught it, I, I kind of, like, looked for the news stories afterwards, and nobody else followed it up, so I'll be following up on it tonight. Excellent job. 
We know you well. I tell you, it's, it's been unbelievable. We've had some great guests. And uh, listen, you'll continue. And of course, the Cold Case Handbook, uh, it is a must read, a must read by the Sarge, the forwards by Henry Lee. I mean, it just covers everything uh, regarding cold cases and files and, and what. And speaking of that, Joe, you know, it just reminded me of the, you, know, you and I speak about this familial DNA, and you had kind of a reversal. Yep. Uh, in which uh, people kind of came to their senses to allow this oh, yes. in play. How about that? Yes, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot totally about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the DNA on, yeah. searches. Right, New York State Court of Appeals put it back in for law enforcement to use. Now people get confused. This isn't the 23andMe stuff. This is the New York State database that law yep. enforcement was not allowed to use. And people like scratching the head. What do you mean they weren't allowed to use to do familiar searches? Is exactly what I said. Right, so there was a lawsuit that was that posed that the police department had um, used the information to do this search of these two brothers. And just to make a long story short, they lost the appeal, and um, this New York State Court of Appeals said, or a four to three decision said, nope, back a session. I think everyone gets that familial DNA is the key to solving many of these cold cases. Get these people identified, get them off the street, and incapacitate them so that they can't hurt anybody else. Yeah, and you and I spoke about this way back, the Vetrano case uh, in Howard Beach, Chanel Lewis, and the use of that new technology and everything else. You know, listen, uh, this is the, the new ways, the new means uh, in order to uh, to get uh, these types of, uh, of killers uh, off the streets in play and everything else. Very important stuff uh, and a very uh, big turn of events. Not uh, certainly accentuated enough with all that's going on. Uh, in the world of crime this week. But Cold Case Handbook, Joe, where can people find it? Sarge, we got you? Might have lost the Sarge. Did we lose the Sarge? Might have lost the Sarge. Okay. Uh, Cold Case Handbook on Amazon. That's where we find it. It is, uh, it is off the shelf. Joe, you with me? I thought I heard you there for a second. Okay. Uh, we'll get the Sarge back. Or no. We'll, get, we'll, we'll go on to the... To uh, the uh, the captain is coming. We thank the Sarge, of course. Uh, the crime report, ladies and gentlemen, sponsored by. If that's Joe, we'll say goodbye to him real quick, Jake. Uh, the Crime Stoppers, Suffolk County, one 220 tips two two zero eighty four seventy seven. That is uh, the case. Is that uh, Joe, Jacob? Give me a thumbs up if that's the Sarge. Sarge, I'm sorry we lost you for a second. Don't like to do that when you're on. Uh, so where can people find the Cold Case Handbook, my friend? Okay, the Cold Case Handbook, you can, of course, you can find it on Amazon. You can also find it at the publisher, which is Blue 360 Media. Uh, and, um, you know, things are going well with the book, too. Uh, you know, doing these conferences and these public talks uh, have really helped me you know, get the word out and the message out there. It's important that we solve these cases. You got it. Nicole, you got a lot going on between the YouTube and Gilgo and the Cold Case Handbook, all the great work you're doing there. <laughs> Keep it up, my friend, and we will chat Thanks. in the next couple of days. Sounds great, Jake. Have a great weekend.